1: Again, to what came from the radio, the official show of the Big Apple Con. This is your host, Mark Torres, speaking with me via social distancing is none other than the Life with Jenner G's, Jen Elise Feldy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week's show, we're going to have a Verden Lead segment. Uh, Pronto Comics' Dominic Definition Man Sperano will have his comic pick of the week. Um, I believe that's all we have for this week. We might have a. Uh, self motion spotlight, but I believe that's all we have for this week. So it's going to be a light show, so we're going to have tons of stuff to talk about with uh, you and I and the news.
0: I will be choosers.
1: Um, before we do any of that, we have to take it away with the news. Uh, the news is brought to you in part by the Fine Folks of the Big Apple Con, which we are the official radio show of, celebrating over 25 years of comic bookness and pop culture stuff. For more information, go to www.bigapplecc.com. Uh, their next convention, provided that the world is still here, will be on March 1st no, May 1st and May 2nd of 2021. And we're going to do our shoutouts for our Patreons of which there are Danny Grillo, award-winning director Jared Burrell, Kyle Horn, Millie Portez, Newsday Famous Dresden Media, Unji Gun, Shadow Rabbit Art, and The Huracan, which is a convention in a church in Long Island. If you want to have your own little shout-out, go to www.patreon.com, look up a came from Rio in the search for and Just for a dollar, you can have uh, your own little shout-out. Also, on the uh, site, we have tons of other stuff, which we haven't mentioned for a while. But, of course, the most important one is for a measly $10,000. What, what do you get for $10,000?
0: Oh, well, for $10,000, you can get a personal training workout session for you and a friend, if they survive the coronavirus, that is, at my personal gym. In to all other perks. See? And you get two prepared and cooked meals, along with the recipes, which I keep top secret, by me, and you get my Keys to Live the Life guidebook. I'm actually throwing a copy. I added, I, I added that just now. <laughs> <laughs>
1: So, that's awesome. So, for $10,000, you can do that. And um, it doesn't have to be right away, right? Could it be after, after the pandemic or, do, we, or is it, do they have to come right away?
0: I mean, it can come sooner or it can come later. It depends on, you know, how much energy you have.
1: All right. See? Excellent. That's what we're looking for. Um, so, let's start off with the news. So, sad news. What do we got?
0: Sad news. Actor Alan Rich died recently after complications from progressive dementia. Alan appeared in such films as Serpico, The Gambler, The Happy Hooker, The Frisco Kid, Hero at Large, Eating Raul, Bad Guys, Highlander 2, The Quickening, Quiz Show, The Rich Man's Wife, A League of Old Men, The Alibi, and I Wish I Was Here, just to name a few. On the small screen, Alan appeared in such shows as The Original Hawaii Five-O, Happy Days, Chips, Hill Street Blues, Barney Miller, Judging Amy, Curb Your Enthusiasm, love it, and House MD, just to name a few. He was ninety-four.
1: Um, I gotta say, I was looking up, up his uh, his uh, his list of things. Some of the things I have seen, but I cannot say I can place him in these shows. So, do you uh, remember him from any of these things? I
0: remember him from Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I actually looked it up because I wanted to see his scene. I couldn't find it.
1: Oh, well, that's terrible. Yeah, I couldn't find it. I mean, I know his face, but I can't think of the scenes, so I'm really sorry. Maybe I have dementia,
0: Alan Rich, so maybe it's my fault. I'm just going to claim it's it's all me. I'm the problem. You're not the problem. I have progressive dementia, probably. That's why I can't remember your scenes. And RIP, I'm sorry.
1: Okay. <laughs> what else you got?
0: Oh, okay. I'll read the next one. More sad news. Actress and model Lori Nelson also died recently from Alzheimer's disease. Can anyone remember anything? Oh. Lori appeared in such films as Ma and Pot of Kettle at the Fair, as well as one of its sequels, Ma and Pot Kettle at Waikiki, Francis Goes to West Point, Walking My Baby Back Home, Revenge of the Creature, I Died a Thousand Times. Uh, a, the world ended.
1: I think that's supposed to be way.
0: <laughs> I, I think so, too. A, the world ended. A, the world ended. Hot Rod girl. I don't type these up. It's all Mark's fault. Outlaw's son. Mom, can I keep her? And the naked monster, just to name a few. On the small screen, Lori appeared in such shows as It's a Great Life, Climax, How to Marry a Millionaire. Tell me about that. The Texas Wagon Trains. General Electric Theater, Tales of Wells Fargo, The Tab Hunter Show, Laramie Grace, Whispering Smith, Family Affair, and Secret Sins of the Father, just to name a few. She was 87.
2: I
1: like that she's in Waikiki instead of Waikiki. Well, you
0: know, uh,
1: Is that, Is that next door? Is that the other island on Hawaii?
0: Waikiki? Waikiki? You yeah,
1: know? it's Waikiki. You know, Hawaii...
0: Oh well, you know I have my own ways of saying things. Poetic license, you know. Don't be racist. I feel racist. I think we should cancel you.
1: That's, yes, I'm being racist. Hey,
0: things. I mean, yeah. I'm offended.
1: I'm being racist to the Hawaiians.
0: I think we should cancel you. I think that whoever's listening, five people should exit the show right now.
1: <laughs> Only five.
0: <laughs> yeah, just to make sure you even it out for the five people that left the show last week because of me.
1: Okay. Yes. All right.
0: Yeah. Ten for that. Good pro Grover. <laughs> Quit pro crow, bro.
1: What? what else did you else?
0: <laughs> All right. Last bit of sad news.
1: Yay. <laughs> Hong Kong film director, producer,
0: and screenwriter Benny Chan also died recently of narrow nasopharynge- oh, Jesus. nasopharyngeal cancer. Nasopharyngeal cancer. Cancel me. Benny directed such Hong Kong films as. A Moment of Romance, Son on the Run, The Magic Crane, Man Wanted, Fist of Fury, or is it Fists of Fury?
1: I think it was actually Fist. One Fist. Only one. He only had one furious fist.
0: Oh, okay. The other one is like complacent and passive. Okay. Who Am I, Gen X Cops, and its sequel, Gen Y Cops, Heroic Duo, New Police Story, Rob behood Hood, Invisible Target, City Under Siege, Call of Heroes, and Meow, just to name a few. He was fifty-eight.
1: So if you are a big-time uh, kung fu action film star guy, you would probably have seen some of these movies. I mean, um, a couple of these movies had Jackie Chan in it, so I know I've seen uh, a handful of those.
0: Mm, I'm not really the biggest fan of kung fu movies, but I am a fan of nas- nasopharyngeal cancer, even though I don't know how to pronounce it. I look up of things at night. It you know, helps me fall asleep.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Kung fu movies kind of keep me up, but nasopharyngeal cancer just, like ASMR, calms me down.
1: It's terrible. Uh, how old was he again?
0: Fifty-eight.
1: Wow, that's that's pretty young. That's pretty young.
0: Yeah, he's young. I could, I could die at fifty-eight. I'd be cool with it.
1: Nah, that's nope, no good.
0: How old do you want
1: to live for? I told you I want to live forever or die trying. That's what it's gonna say on my uh my tombstone.
0: I, I thought so. I thought so. I just wanted to see if you changed your mind over the last week.
1: No, it's it's been a a, a staple for a good thirty years. I've had that saying.
0: Okay. All right. I'm going to keep asking you.
1: Okay. <laughs> what else we got? we have more sad news? No, that was the final bit of sad news, right?
0: Thank God. Thank God. We're done with the sad news. So, from the Just Six Weeks Difference Department, it has been announced that actress Lori Laughlin has been sentenced to two months in prison after eventually pleading guilty to conspiracy charges in the college admissions scandal from last year. For those of you who don't remember, Laurie originally pled not guilty in paying a person to get their unqualified child into a college of their choice. Laurie says, "I made an awful decision. I went along with a plan to give my daughters an unfair advantage in the college admissions process. In doing so, I ignored my intuition and allowed myself to be swayed from my moral compass." Laurie will also pay a hundred fifty thousand dollar fine serve 100 hours of community service, and be under supervised release for two years. To put things in perspective, actress Felicity Huffman also was involved and immediately pled guilty. She was sentenced to just 14 days in prison, a $30,000 fine, 250 hours of community service, and one year of supervised release. Of note. Lori's husband is required to pay a separate fine of 250000 serve 250 hours of community service, and serve two years of supervised release. Whoa.
1: So my question is, what is the supervised release is? Are they watching? Oh, make sure you're not cheating again? It's like, what, is that what they're doing? Is that what supervised release is? It's like the opposite
0: of Epstein. You have two guards <laughs> present, and the cameras are on. So, yeah. I, <laughs> camera's
1: off, like, know? I can understand, like, if you're, a, I don't know, a murderer... And they'll supervise you around so you don't go around murdering people again. But if if you like, what kind of supervised release is this?
0: Making sure that the other invisible kids um, also don't get bribed to go into colleges.
1: <laughs> that's it's ridiculous. Uh,
0: they have cameras up. They do like a Big Brother reality show. Like, what type of supervision are we talking about? They have cameras in the bathrooms. Like, what is this?
1: And what kind? And what? And what would be the actions? that they that they monitor so like if she paid uh-huh. anybody then I have to check everybody who she's getting money to or or do uh, is she not allowed to speak to certain people like I don't understand how that supervised, <laughs> um supervision <laughs> is private home gym and they just show her on an elliptical you know for an hour a day I mean they just supervise up those hours that's what I would work out or maybe it's like uh, one of, you know they walk up to her with a flash card give money to get your kid into school do the right <laughs> thing <laughs> And she has to pick one every day.
0: They test her. They have like different people that show up as different salesmen and <laughs> test her. Because that's her thing, like an <laughs> addict, you know, addict cocaine or or junk food you know junk food can be a real issue and it, it, no for her she's addicted to getting her kids into college so every day or at least once a week to be more covert about it you have a door-to-door salesman saying hey i can get your kids into college if you pay me a hundred thousand dollars oh, you know it's so tempting but i'm being supervised right now so i'm gonna have to turn it down but meet me around the corner meet me around the corner
3: like
1: maybe so it's it's weird that this this happened last year, and she fought and she paid all these lawyers' fees, all this amount of money in lawyers' fees to not plead guilty. Then she decided to plead guilty, and it's only she only got six weeks difference, where she could have just said I'm guilty from the beginning and got her fourteen days and been done. Felicity husband has in, been in and out already. Yeah, well,
0: tell the truth. That's what I always say. If I confront you about something and you don't take responsibility, guess what? You're out. If you take responsibility, it's like you know what? I'm a POS, uh, then I'll forgive you. And, you know, this happened with a friend recently. Couldn't, couldn't tell the truth, couldn't take responsibility. It's all about taking personal responsibility. Take responsibility, then maybe get a slap on the wrist. A, P- in the
1: face. a POS is a person of shistiness, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm only watching right now after last week. And I also have to add in that aren't these, these two women are so cookie-cutter-clean. They're not as clean as Ellen, but this is why I don't trust people who play these really clean roles like Disney clean, because you just can't trust them. I mean, there's no way that someone's that PC.
1: Yeah. I, like I said, the, what's the thing? It's always the quiet ones?
0: Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, anyone that's anyone that's PC, I just assume that they're you know basically human trafficking. That's, that's what I think. I'm like, oh, okay, you don't curse. Yeah, you. you're probably into some underground child trafficking
1: Wait, so that's what you think about me?
0: Um, (laughs) I don't know. I think we should talk about that off-air. I don't want to get
1: canceled. Moving on.
0: Moving on. From the What's in the Box department, singer Taylor Swift sent off surprise shipments of signed copies of her Folklore CD to select independent record stores across the country last week. Turns out, one store in Green Bay, Wisconsin, got their box before any employees were there to receive it. So the UPS delivery guy let some fans who were waiting for the store to open to get the unsigned CDs. Of note, the box was unmarked. Okay, To open. Okay, gotcha. A fan, Brandy (laughs) Bayman, held onto the unopened box and gave it to the store manager when he arrived to open the store. Tom Smith, the manager, says, It totally shows the character of Taylor Swift fans. Taylor Swift, I think, does such cool things, and I think they're taking their cue from her. Brandy says, A hundred thousand times percent, I literally would have not left with those CDs because Taylor Swift wanted them there, and I would never do anything to disappoint Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift would not want me or anyone else to do anything with those CDs other than, A, get to where they're going, and B, to be purchased and not purchased specifically for her. The reason she sent them out was to keep smaller businesses in business. The box had an estimated value of $9,000. That's crazy. (laughs) That's very sweet of Taylor Swift. I feel like every celebrity should be doing something like this. And if you're not, then don't be a celebrity anymore. Let's cancel you. I'm okay with canceling people who don't do things like this.
1: Well, um, on on the same note, um, speaking of celebrities doing something nice... um uh, uh, through the pandemic, there's been a lot of uh, celebrities getting together to do virtual table reads and cash reunions of shows that have long since gone. I think I mentioned this before about how they did The Nanny, that they got the entire cast of The Nanny to read a table read of the original script. And it was just great to see them all together, and they read the script as if it were they were acting out the scenes from the, yeah. from the episode. They did a Scott Pilgrim one where they got most of the entire cast to come back to do, to read the entire movie. Uh, my, one of my shows I liked was Community. They got a tail read of Community. Uh, the, the 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 happy endings. I love that show, and they got the cast to do a new virtual Zoom episode. That if if it was happening right now, so they all were on Zoom for a reason based on the script of the show, and it was a continuation of the series. And then uh, just this past week, uh, Christopher Titus, who had his show Titus on Fox back in the in the day, do you remember that show? No. Mm-hmm. Do you know who Christopher Titus is? No. All right. So, short version is this guy, Christopher Titus. He's a comedian. Uh, he talks about his life uh, and uh, it's all his whole craziness about what he went through. And he had a TV show based on his life, where really crazy stuff happens. And they, they talked about mental illness. They talked about um, child molestation. They hit all like the dark themes, uh, parental cool. abuse, all this stuff, but with a light uh, tone. But they they managed to to toe that line very well, and. um it was it – was, for its time, it was a very uh, groundbreaking show and it was funny and it was entertaining and everybody in the show was based on people he knew in his, in his life. So he had his best friend, his brother and his wife as characters in the show. So um, he – it was his fault. He's, he's mentioned many times of why the show got canceled. So uh, he went up to the – had to talk with the producers or, and the head of Fox at the time was like, you know, I think because uh, – I think it was like Will and Grace or somebody that the couple was together and they broke up. He's like, yeah, hey, we should do that on, on your show and he's like, no, that's a stupid idea and he basically told off the president of the network <laughs> because it was his show and he's like, well, that's not what really happened and of course they canceled him. <laughs> So he, 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 he has, a, like I said, he, he, he accepts blame for it. And all these years later, which is 20 years later, almost 20 years. Um, he, he has a podcast and he has a new girlfriend because his wife, as he found out, was cheating on him. And so he divorced her and it was a big messy divorce. And It's so all these comedy specials that he's had, right? Yeah. So he decided to um, make a new episode for, that continues the show. And he actually got it filmed. Like, so he got the cast, and he filmed it together. They all did the COVID stuff. They all did everything. They filmed it together, and he aired it this this past weekend. And it's funny because legally, he didn't have the rights to air it because Fox still owns the rights to the show, but it's his life, so he did it anyway.
0: Wow, that's really interesting.
1: And it was a really good feel-good episode. Uh, it, was, it was nostalgic. It was, it was heartwarming. It, it was everything that the original series was, and it was just for the fans, you know, and it's never to be seen again. It's off the air. You can't see it. he aired it for it was a, a limited event. So I think it was like for like th- the weekend and it was gone. So only people who were fans of the show got to see it, enjoyed it, got to see the casting. It was amazing. So yeah, like that stuff is really cool
0: does he does he talk about his wife
1: cheating on him oh yes in the uh in the in, 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 no can't. no, not in the episode in um. the in the uh in the in the stand up he does that, but actually what's funny in the series he took the high road oh okay and i was I was actually impressed that he didn't like do his his character wife dirty because she was a very integral part of the show, and she had a following people loved her did you ever watch the show lost uh no <laughs> Well, she was, she, she was, a, it was like her first job, the actress, and then she went on to be in Lost, and she'd been in a couple other things later on. But they really, they were like really good. They kept on saying the term lightning in a bottle for that show, and it really was. So he didn't do her and her fans of her dirty. And he could have, because it was his show, his life. So he actually twisted it so that way he, he has the new girlfriend in the series. He got rid of the other girl in a, in a one of the best possible ways. And I thought it was really nice. It was really nice.
0: It's very respectable. It's it's nice when people don't trash other people. Right. Yeah, it's also fun too. I, I, I go back and forth with, with things. There's so many different things I want to say about exes, but I think I'm pretty good. You know, compared to what I could say.
1: And um so so going back to the Taylor Swift thing. I'm just surprised that the guy just gave some random person on the street, here's the box, can you sign for it later?
2: Yeah, what type
0: of UPS person does that? That's ridiculous.
1: Maybe this is how it is in Wisconsin, and they're all happy and friendly. It's not
0: like it's in New York, because I managed an office last week, and I had to sign, and they asked me my name. Of course, I could have (laughs) lied. And how would they they know about this box, to open this box? It sounds like a bit of a conspiracy theory.
1: Well, it was an unmarked package for that store. So, yeah,
0: why did the guy give it to fans?
1: Like, because they were sitting outside waiting for the store to open to purchase those CDs. I
0: don't know. It's pretty. It's pretty weird. UPS. I'm sorry. <laughs> or UPS guy. I don't want to yeah, brand you, UPS because of one person.
1: But you know, good job for that person. Good job for Taylor Swift, and good job for celebrities who are trying their best to to to, to spread the entertainment as they can.
0: Randy Baton, you're my new role model for the day. <laughs> That's the kid who saved the box. That's adorable. And honestly, I, uh, I, I'm i going to listen to some Taylor Swift today. I think this is really admirable. I, I think it's just beautiful. Good job, Taylor Swift.
1: All right. Um, what else we got? Uh,
0: from the follow-up department, as mentioned on a previous show, actor Hartley Sawyer, who played Elongated Man on the TV series Flash was unceremoniously fired for offensive tweets from 8 years ago ahem, <clears throat> due to the ongoing pandemic, the latest season of the aforementioned series was cut short and many plot lines were left dangling, one of which focused on the elongated man, this led to many questions as how this would be resolved in the upcoming season well, once or no more, as the executives say in order to wrap that up which we're going to do at the top of season 7 Ralph has to be part of that now, thank goodness, Ralph is a guy who can change faces and his appearance in many ways. Without, without giving any spoilers away, there are a couple of ways that we can have Elongated Man still appear in at least one episode this season to wrap that storyline up. That gets us what we need and still allows fans to say goodbye to the character, at least for the indefinite future. The beauty of comic book stories and superhero stories are the conventions that heroes come and go, but they never fade away and they never disappear entirely. So we're gonna treat it like we would if we were writing a comic book graphic novel. We're giving the elongated man a bit of a rest for a while, but we'll leave the door open. Who knows what the future could bring? It's unknown. But I'm not saying by any means that it's the end of the character. In fact, quite the opposite. We just don't know uh, when he will return or in what form he will return. It's kinda like herpes. And that's the beauty (laughs) of comic book stories. It keeps it fresh. The Flash is expected to return with new episodes in January of 2021.
1: So he's herpes man now.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's, I was thinking more slender man. You know, like, mm. these guys slender. This one's elongated. You know, in the same family, <laughs> comes and goes, just like herpes. You know, so yeah.
1: Um, I think it's. Uh, I don't know if that's even taking the high road. Like, they're 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 getting they're getting their cake and eating it too. In, in my opinion.
0: I mean, they're doing what works best for them, which, you know, as a producer, I think it makes sense. You know, you can't base everything around one actor. Yeah. So, like, the guy, they'll bring him back when they feel like it, basically. It sounds like they're getting rid of him. And when they have another actor that likes that they like that doesn't write offensive tweets on Twitter, then, uh, you know. I don't know where I'd write offensive tweets. So I guess they have to do it on Twitter. It was a pretty dumb comment. So where else would you write offensive tweets? Well, on you know. <laughs> I tweet on Facebook, FYI.
1: You can you can tweet uh, elsewhere, and no <laughs> one you can tweet on a piece of paper, and no one yeah. will ever see it.
0: Yeah, have them tweet on pieces of paper for the next one. They're like, you know, next time you want to tweet, just do it on a piece of paper.
1: I think that's what I think that's what we all that's a lesson we all should learn.
0: <laughs> Not to tweet or tweet on paper.
1: Yeah, because like. I mean, I still say, A, it was eight years ago, mm-hmm. and B, it. I I personally didn't think that they were A malicious.
0: No, they don't seem malicious. It seemed like he was trolling because we checked out his tweet for the show and a couple weeks ago. And, you know, nothing offends me, so I'm really not a good judge here. I'm on the other end of the spectrum. Not being offended.
1: Well, I but, mean, you are you are one half of the target offensive people. You are a female, so some of the I things he said were. You
0: don't identify as a female.
1: <laughs> you don't identify as a female.
0: I don't. I don't <laughs> identify as one, so I'm not offended. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of joking, but I'm actually kind of serious. <laughs> So, I don't feel like a woman, so I don't really care. You can say whatever you want. I guess. It's not directed towards me, and I don't believe in saying anything towards groups of people. If you say something towards me, I'll come at you, bro. he wants to say something towards me, he'll get it, maybe.
1: But but not women in general? No.
0: Whatever. Say whatever you want about bears or women or Mercedes or Ohio. <laughs> I mean, you say anything about groups of people and states and brands, I don't really care just
1: right. me. Um, but okay. Let, I wonder if
0: some uh, of his tweets, though,
1: too. Yeah. So go ahead. Throw it out okay. there. What What we got? What What is the offensive stuff that he said? Let's yeah. Let's Let's stress this out. That he said.
0: So offensive. I, okay. Here we go. I right. would like some more attention from women, so I think I'll get married.
1: And <laughs> that was it.
0: Dozing off my couch like a child molester slash my brother.
1: Uh.
0: Let's see another one. You know I can be a pretty offensive and insensitive guy, but I don't like the term rape being used as slang for competition. I like this one. I date rape myself, so I don't have to... Like, really? You're going to cancel this guy this? I mean, the whole thing, if you want to read all his tweets, it, it, it just seems like he's trolling. It kind of seems like my Twitter. I kind of relate to it. Feels like home.
1: So, we're probably going to have to bleep out that medical term again.
0: Really?
1: <laughs> yes, probably. Probably.
0: Really? That's this is bizarre. Listen, let's doc, don't have Doctor Drew Pinsky or Doctor Moon <laughs> on your show because you're gonna have to
1: bleep out the whole show because it's not an offensive term. The term that rhymes Well, on. see, you say it's not offensive, and yet he got
0: fired. <laughs> oh, yes. Okay. All right. So, Whatever.
1: no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let me, let me take the high road and and say this. Okay. If somebody somewhere gets offended at something, all the time. And it is not up to anyone else to say what or what does not offend a particular person. Mm-hmm. It Amen. is up to that person. So, for example, if I said, I don't know, I like the Christopher Titus show. If I said that and a person who did not like the show got offended for that show, like his ex-wife.
0: <laughs> right.
1: It is not my place to say, oh, you shouldn't be offended by this. It's her feelings. If she got offended... It's all good and well. It's, it's, it's her <laughs> perspective. What?
0: She can just stop watching the show. You don't cancel
1: it. And that's, that's the other thing. Like, I, it's weird to say this because technically we're, we're doing exactly what we're saying, but you shouldn't force your beliefs on someone else. But us by saying that is actually forcing our beliefs to not force your beliefs on somebody else. It's a whole rabbit hole.
0: So meta. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but that's kind of what it is. Like If, if, if you don't like something... Don't watch it, don't do it. Don't participate in it. Right. As long as long as it is not hurting anybody. Right. Right.
0: And maybe if it is hurting anyone do the benefit to the benefits outweigh the costs. there we go.
1: <laughs> and, and when I say hurting, I mean like murdering, I mean what? you know, locking people in cages, you know, branding them, that kind of hurt.
0: Sometimes you got to murder, you
1: know? If if I'm like, oh, I'm offended and this hurts me because of my own personal reasoning, then it's on me. It's not on them, especially if there's no intent. If the intent is to hurt, that's something completely different.
0: Agree. Definitely. It's all about intent.
1: So um, I think they're just going to cast another guy that either looks like him or something, make a joke about how he looks different, and then just move it on, and that's the end of the character.
0: We'll follow up on this. I think you might be right. I think you might be right. When he's right, he's right. All right. Next bit of news. Finally, from the pendulum is still swinging wildly department, actress Jessica Nicole, who played Astrid Farnsworth Jessica. Wait, how do you say her name? Jessica. Excuse me. See. I- well,
1: the uh, reason I say that is because it is a topic of conversation in the show, in the in the article.
0: Yes, I know. And as I'm saying it, I'm like, all right, I-, I have things to say about this. So actress Jessica Nicole, did I get it? Yes. All right. Who played Astrid Farnsworth? Did I get it? Yes. All right. <laughs> On the Fox series Fringe, seven and a half years after the show ended, it has come out saying that as a black woman with a name that white people seem to find incredibly difficult to pronounce, sometimes knowingly using the wrong name for me, I always thought it was a pretty tasteless joke and hated that it lasted the whole five seasons of the show. For those of you who don't know or remember in the show, actor John Noble's character, Dr. Walter Bishop, had great trouble getting right the name Astrid, addressing her as Astro, Asterisk, Asgard, and the like. In the show, the slip-ups were accounted for by the storyline and obviously had no malice behind them. Jessica continues, Most white people don't do things to intentionally hurt the feelings of POC. And that's the point no one ever thought to ask how it made me feel because it was written through the lens of whiteness just because someone doesn't see the harm doesn't mean it's not there when asked if she ever shared her opinion with producers at the time jessica says i didn't because i didn't have a good relationship with the showrunners at all and it was my her first show like many young women of color in tv i was too nervous to say anything for fear of retaliation or getting fired it wasn't a safe space for me to be clear the initial spirit of the joke was not lost on me. I understood it was an indicator of Walter's mental health, and I even laughed a couple of times because the names were funny. I assumed the joke would die out after the first few episode, episodes as Walter's hold on reality became less tenuous and he felt more rooted to the present and the people in his life. That, however, proved not to be the case, and the joke ran for almost the entire series. At some point, the joke turns away from him being incapable of remembering Astrid's name to him being fully aware of who she is and just teasing her for fun. That part became bullying and racist.
1: I think... I I was a fan of the show. Did you ever watch the show? No. I I, I was a fan of the show. And, And when she says stuff like that, once again, as I said, to her, it was offensive. I don't think many people... Did find it offensive or else they would have said something. And also, for her not to say something, that kind of made her complacent in the in the situation. If you're not comfortable in a situation, you should always speak up, right? Isn't that how it's supposed to be? You, you're you in the film industry, right?
0: Um, you know what? I will say something if I think it will cause a change that needs to happen. Um, but a lot of times I won't say things because... People are constantly screwing up, and I, I just don't want to deal with drama. So a lot of times I'll keep my mouth shut.
1: Okay, so you so if you were her in this situation, you would have just let it go?
0: You know, it really depends. If It's all about the benefits and the cost, If the benefits of saying something will outweigh the cost, then I'll do it.
1: Hmm, interesting.
0: It's mm-hmm. all I- about the cost-benefit ratio.
1: And I, it's, it's, it's a weird thing that she points out that there were white people writing the show, and therefore they didn't understand it, and therefore it was hurtful even though they didn't think it was hurtful. And like I said, it only – it goes to the people who are on the receiving end who, who will decide if something is hurtful or not as long as the intention is not there. So it makes me wonder if there were black people who wrote that and it was the same way, would, it, would she have felt the same way? I just don't really understand how making fun of
0: the character's name that has nothing to do with her, Astrid, is offensive.
1: Because she was a, pers- a POC, a person of color, and the, the, the person making the jokes was a person of not color, which is white, and the writers were a person of not color, which is white. So she didn't like it.
0: Yeah, I just, I guess I don't see that as offensive. I guess, you know, for example, I played Detective Gracie in a movie. That's my last call. That's why I was late to our meeting today.
1: Okay.
0: They if they made fun of Detective Gracie's name. It was it was all uh, black or all, all 100% Hispanic. I'm only a little Hispanic, uh, and I'm the only white person on set, and they're making fun of Detective Gracie's name. I wouldn't be offended. You can make fun of anything about the character because it's the character. That's the way I see it.
1: So um, there actually was a, a, an episode of He-Man. I used, to, I used to love that show, He-Man. Did you ever watch He-Man? Were you around when He-Man came out?
0: A little bit, yeah, a long time ago, I remember.
1: All right, so there was this one episode where Ram Man, who was the uh, less intelligent character of the show, the stupid guy, and there was a bad guy called Shakoti, Shakoti, and throughout the entire two-part episode, he never got her name right. And it was white on white, and it was just funny, and, he even, and, the, and the character got so mad, he even tried to correct her mm. about the name being wrong. And then at the very end of the episode, when he's like, oh, I'm glad we got rid of Shakoti they're like, hey, you said it right. And he was all celebrating, and he goes, what did I say right? So, it's, it's just a joke. And
0: I think it's just a joke, and that's actually a name that's hard to pronounce. I'm sorry, but ironically... Astrid Farnsworth, I don't think is a name that's hard to pronounce. I really don't understand that the name that's hard to pronounce, obviously, (laughs) is her real name, Jessica, which I got wrong. And that's what we should be talking about, that I can't pronounce her real name, but I can easily pronounce Astrid Farnsworth. So these writers making fun of the name on the show, I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Like, who cannot pronounce Astrid? A moron. Well, her real name and me not understanding anything. So cancel me because I can't say her real name. This is ridiculous. Throw this out.
1: So I mean, and then now it makes me think: What is the the resolution of this? Of her saying this, like, what what does she want to get out of it? Does she just want to express her concerns? However many years later, uh, that was it. Eight years, I said it was later, right?
0: Well, is she working now?
1: Seven and a half years. Yes, she's working. She has a job. She's all good.
0: What's she doing now?
1: Um, I think she's on a, a soap, maybe a series. I know she's on something.
0: But are they filming now since the coronavirus, since March?
1: Uh, probably not.
0: (laughs) Well, here's the deal. Uh, It seems like a bunch of actors uh, or anyone that isn't getting the attention that they usually have are now activists.
1: So So she's on uh, The Good Doctor.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, if you're not an actor right now, the trendy thing is to be an activist and to complain and to have some human rights issue, and that's how you stay relevant. So maybe she's just following the model that all of the agents and all the actors are doing
1: right now. It's possible. It's possible. Um, I just think that if, you, if you, maybe, maybe she felt it wasn't safe for her to say something until now. But yeah, I, I don't know. Like like, like I said, it's, it's, I am not diminishing her feelings at the time or now of what she did. But it's on her to be offended because, as she said it herself, it wasn't a place of malice. So then what is she really complaining about?
0: Because it's trendy. That's what you do. This is, this is like, you know, this is like, um, what's that Seinfeld thing? Christmica Festivus? Festivus. Oh, Festivus. Festivus, yes. We air all our grievances. This is the time where everyone in the film industry airs all their grievances, especially if you're an actor who's not working now. It's trendy to be an activist. So air your grievance, and please get it out before this coronavirus ends, because I had enough.
1: <laughs> do, do you have any grievances you want to air?
0: I got griev— I got grievances all day, buddy. Yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. I got so—I m- can't say how It's how bad. Am I gonna get canceled? Um, yeah, I have I have grievances all day long. Yeah, for sure.
1: You know, but, from what yeah. I understand, back in the day, you couldn't use the word hell in a title of a movie because it was offensive. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. How about that?
0: <laughs> how about that? Catch me outside. <laughs> I just,
1: yeah. it's, it's just weird how all this is happening and, and that's all i can say it's, it's weird and i think we've covered it as much as we can and i'm curious to see what's going to happen next
0: 2020 is best all
1: right so i believe that's it for the news Do we have anything else for the news
0: not that i know of
1: all right so that's it for the news do you have any final thoughts before we take our break
0: i gotta floss my teeth i haven't flossed in about 24 hours so. That's all I got.
1: All right. So, you know, you have mentioned the teeth for, I don't know, a, a month and a half, maybe two months Right now. Is yeah. that because your dad's a dentist? Is that why?
0: Yeah, probably. It's in my blood, you know? You you have I teeth in
3: floss.
0: your blood? I got floss in front of me. I haven't flossed today yet. You know, I feel a little uncomfortable right now. I have, actually didn't brush my teeth today. Isn't that crazy? Thanks. It's, it's 30 p.m
1: tmi tmi
0: i know i know so i feel very uncomfortable so it's, it's weighing on my shoulders the entire show i'm like oh my god i got a floss i haven't blocked i haven't toothpicked. i mean this is what's stressing me out right now and a bunch of producers that are absolutely insane
1: all right so i think that's uh that, i think that that's, that's pretty much what we're gonna we're gonna end this so that's, <laughs> we're gonna take our break and we'll be right back with it came from the radio
0: Hi, you've heard my voice open and close the show. Now, we want to hear your voice. If you have a business or product, you can record a commercial here. We offer 30 and 60 second spots. For more information, contact Mark at MFC underscore studios at
3: Hotmail.com. This is the Amazing Question, and you're listening to It Came From the Radio. New comics are back, Cosmic Comics and Games of Baldwin. And now get ready for Joker War from DC Comics. Cosmic Comics and Games is open Wednesday from noon to 7, Thursday from 2 to 7, Friday from 2 to 7, and Saturday from noon to 5. So if you want the latest Marvel DC image or independent comics, comic book supplies, back issues, or magic cards, please call Chuck at 516-763-1133 for all the details. Thank you and stay safe.
1: Now, back to our show.
4: Hey, it's Jaybird and Lee, and we're here to talk about movies, music, TV, and what's going on in our part of the world. Today, we're going to talk about the one and only comic books.
5: (laughs) One and only comic books? There's like a million of them. What are you talking about? (laughs) I recently discovered all my old comic books, and probably to the dismay of many people in this audience they didn't have bags or boards on them. So I, of course, saw all these bent ones, and then I was trying to figure out which ones are the ones that I should, you know, keep.
4: Yeah, like which ones were worth money and which ones were just like they uh, overproduced.
5: Well, they overproduced pretty much all of them. You know, (laughs) that in my era, which was the 80s, kind of like baseball cards, it was terrible. I mean, there was just so much overproduction. But anyway, I was going through all these comic books that i had and i have iron man fantastic four the west coast avengers which apparently nobody really cares about yes punisher punisher war journal with wolverine on the cover the
4: fantastic four did you say that yeah
5: the fantastic four and then spider-man i have all these different spider-mans oh yeah he
4: has a million
5: (laughs) well i have a lot of different ones i have uh, the amazing spider the peter parker spectacular this spectacular spider-man I've got... um,
4: There's so many different types of comic books out there. It's crazy.
5: Yeah, exactly. And it's just... It's it's overwhelming. But I'm, like, thinking about how do we actually go through the process of finding out which ones are the best to have or sell or keep for the next generation such as the girl next to me so she could have?
4: (laughs) Well, I mean, to like do a lot of research i'm assuming at least that's what the person at the comic book store said <laughs>
5: yeah yeah he said there was a ton of stuff that we had to do and um it was unbelievable we were uh i mean he, they're like go to ebay and see all how much they uh, are worth go and see what um uh the company cgc and realizing actually that you have to spend for a membership $25 a year and then you have to pay money for them to grade it, which is like $20 a book, plus you should get a pressing and maybe some other stuff. It's It becomes like a very expensive adventure on, hey, let's try and sell a comic book that I think might <laughs> exactly. be worth $20 or, you know, in some cases, you know, I think the ones that I have at the most might be 200 bucks.
4: Yeah. Know. Like, some, of co- some comic books are actually worth an insane amount of money. Like, there was this one that I think was worth, like, thousands of dollars. Like, yeah. if you have that com- comic book, you're, like, so lucky. <laughs>
5: right, and I know a lot of people really love that stuff around here. So I was like, oh, you know, maybe maybe mine's worth something. But I I did get bags. I started cardboarding them. They're actually flattened a little bit now, which is good. And... Um, you know, I'm excited. I mean, I, hopefully I'll be able to, you know, maybe even frame some and put them in the basement and have people look at them and say, like, oh, this is a cool cov- comic book cover. Um, yeah,
4: which you could probably do. I mean, you have so many. I mean, like, all comic books are art, so it's beautiful to look at, like, some of them will.
5: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, wait, you got some comic books. Which ones did you get?
4: I got Harley Quinn ones. It's like a, I think, a older series, maybe. I don't. I'm not
5: sure, but... You just got ones with, like, Poison Ivy in it, yeah, right? Yeah,
4: it's pretty cool. I like reading it.
5: Uh, yeah. Is, yeah. Uh, did you start reading them?
4: Uh, yeah, I started reading one of them. Yeah. I think the third one in the series, or the fourth. I don't remember which one it is, but...
5: <laughs> yeah, but you like it?
4: Yeah, it's really good.
5: No, that that's awesome. So, you know, that's the whole thing. Of, with us in comic books, this is, like, a great a great thing. I'm looking at all these things I've had for 40 years now, and, and you know... Um, you know, I'm pretty excited about looking at this stuff and, and revisiting them. You know, I revisited my baseball cards too, but they are really worth nothing, so <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible, you know.
4: My dad got me like a comic book themed uh like
5: character of you. Yeah. Right? For
4: my bat mitzvah. It's amazing. Like some artists are so good yeah. like, for comic books. It's Right. Insane. The, art,
5: the artistry is amazing. I mean, what they do with the comic books is just so cool. And um, I wish I had a chance to meet Stan Lee, but I guess that'll be uh, in the ne- in next life. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, well, we wanted to say, uh, you know, thanks for listening and we'll speak to you next time.
4: Stay safe, stay
5: healthy, and stay connected. Hi, this is Mary Wilson of the Supremes, and you're listening to It Came from the Radio.
0: Hey guys, this is Christy from Custom Cakes by Christy. I want you to know that I'm here for you. I'm keeping my private kitchen open for any needs your family may have. I've been focusing on bread, soups, muffins, quiches, and other basics, but I'm still accepting dessert orders as well. Please follow my Facebook for immediate pickup items, private message me for custom orders. Custom Cakes by Christy, I-N-C, K-R-I-S-T-Y. Text me at 631-606-8166.
2: Now, back to our show. When two podcasters make a deal to make their podcast the number one podcast in the world, they summon the help of something supernatural and quickly learn... The truth behind the old adage. Be careful what you wish for, lest it come true. Catch the Crazies! Get them! Catch the Crazies, created by Sam the Crazy Man Vero, with contributions by George the Dreamer Medina, the host of Catch the Craze podcast, the independent creator's podcast.
3: The team behind such works as Rush 5377, Wonder Duck, Cosmic Wars, as an alien in my toilet and forbid it have united once again to create
2: Cats to Crazies. And are reaching out to you, the fans, to support their Kickstarter, which debuts on Kickstarter September 26th. That's right, 926 with rewards starting at $1. What kind of rewards? I'm glad you asked. There's the Crazy Man Reward, which is just $1, and you get your name in the book as well as on the website. Then there's the Crazy Reward, where you get a copy of Cast the Crazies in a PDF form plus your name in the Crazy Man Rewards. Then there's the Hyper Crazy Reward, where you get a printed copy along with the Crazy Reward and the Crazy Man Reward. Then there's the Super Crazy Reward. The Ultra Crazy Reward The Extreme Crazy The Psycho Crazy Then there's the Dreamer The Ultimate Level That was limited to fifteen backers And at $100 But you get tons of stuff And there's too much for me to read So visit crazycomics.com, that's C-R-A-Z-E-E, comics.com, for more information about these amazing characters from the story Catch the Crazies. Again, to debut September 26th, only on Kickstarter. We hope to see you there. We love your support, and we thank you in advance. Catch yeah, the craze. Hey, this is Brimstone. And this is Kim a And this is Zambo. And we're from the Grind House Radio, and uh, we just won the 2017 Best Radio Station on Long Island. Right now, you're listening to the other guys. It came from the radio.
3: The Comic Book Depot has been in business since 1993, your one stop comic book shop for comics, gaming, and collectibles. The Comic Book Depot Club membership is $15 and gets you 15% off new comics, back issues, graphic novels, And 10% off comic book supplies. Located at 2847 Jerusalem Avenue in Wontaw, New York. Contact us on Facebook for curbside pickup because new comics are back. For more information, give Alan a call at 516 221 9337. The Comic Book Depot.
1: Now, back to our show.
6: Hi, everyone. This is Pronto Comics' own Dominic Sperano, and it is once again time for (music) my comic book pick of the week we Yeah, there's no way that I could have cut that theme and felt good about myself uh, as a human being, as a fan, as a comic book guy, as a Star Wars lover. So you got the full intro of Star Wars there. Because today, the pick of the week is Star Wars Shadows of the Empire. I read this comic, I don't know how many years ago. I don't know, maybe 10, 15, 20 years ago. Quite some time ago. And I re-recently you know, um, recently reread it. And it's so enjoyable. Um, Let me read to you from what it says on the back of the book. After the Empire Strikes Back and before Return of the Jedi, there was a time when heroes and villains alike lived in the shadows of the Empire. As Princess Leia tries to foil Boba Fett's plan to deliver the carbonite-encased Han Solo to Jabba the Hutt, Darth Vader scours the galaxy for the young rebel hero, Luke Skywalker. While Vader searches, another sinister figure emerges, Zizor, a cunning and ruthless leader of a powerful underworld crime syndicate who hopes to displace Vader as the Emperor's right hand. In the meantime, Zizor will join Vader in an unholy alliance seeking a common target. The struggle intensifies as Luke finds himself the potential prize of the two most evil entities in the galaxy. One who wants him alive and one who wants him dead. Now, you may not realize that this was a comic if you're a Star Wars fan or a newer-ish Star Wars fan because it Shadows of the Empire isn't just a comic. Um, And I'm not saying that to be like, oh, it's more than a comic. No, it really is more than a comic. Um, According to Wikipedia, Star Wars Shadows of the Empire is a 1996 multimedia project created by Lucasfilm. The idea was to create a story set between the films, as I've said, and to explore all commercial possibilities of a full motion picture release without actually making a film. The venture was intended to reinvigorate interest in the franchise ahead of theatrical special editions of the Star Wars trilogy released the following year. So basically, it was going to get you all hyped up for when they brought the movies back and put them back into theaters, which I remember going to see. It was one of the coolest things ever. And that was, you know, the special editions of Star Wars, and he started, and L- Lucas started adding in all the extra stuff. Um, to give you what steve perry the writer of the novelization had said shadows is set between the movies relatively virgin territory insofar as previous star wars material goes in this tale we get to see the inner workings of black sun the largest criminal syndicate in the galaxy and this has now been black sun just as an aside here you've seen it in in solo and in the tv shows uh the animation and stuff so it, this is where the genesis of it came from, I, I suppose. The largest criminals in game. There are new villains, some new heroes, and most of the regular gang we learn to love and hate in the movies Luke, Leia, Lando, Chewie, R2, and 3PO, Darth Vader, Boba Fett, and the dreaded Emperor. Han Solo, alas, is still frozen in that block of carbonite, cold, but in no way or no how forgotten. And what I enjoy about this book so much is the fleshing out that happens with the story, um, and it feels very much, of course, like a Star Wars story. And I say that because you have, you know, what you, you have the the sequels, which people and we have discussed on the show. You know, there there are a lot of issues that people have with the sequels. Um, But because Lucas was very much obviously involved with this whole thing, it stays pretty true to the feeling of Star Wars. To explain what I mean by that, I'm going to just play a very quick clip of George Lucas discussing him selling the, the, the franchise and the company to Disney and what he believes, and he is of course
3: right, Star Wars is really about. The first three movies had all kinds of issues. They looked at the stories, and they said, we want to make something for the fans. So I said, all I wanted to do was tell a story of what happened. You know, it started here, and it went there. And it's all about generations, and it's about, you know, the issues of fathers and sons and grandfathers. And it's a family soap opera, I mean, ultimately. I mean, we call it space opera, but people don't realize it's actually a soap opera. And it's all about family problems and... That, it's not about spaceships.
6: And without getting into major details of Shadows of the Empire, it's it's not about the spaceships. It's about the interpersonal things that are going on. You have Leia searching for Han. You have Luke working in that in-between period where you know he's kind of getting the Force down in Empire, and then Jedi, he really has his skills more under control. Well, you see scenes in here of him working on it. You see where he actually finally builds his lightsaber, which is interesting because... If you ever read the novelization of Return of the Jedi, there's a scene, there's like an opening scene of him building the lightsaber in Obi-Wan's hut on Tatooine where he gets some schematics and he learns how to do it. Well, it's in the book. So it's, it's really cool because it fleshes it out. And if there's something that we've learned about Star Wars, we're more interested in the fleshing out aspects of the story rather than the new stuff right IE Rogue One people love Rogue One because it really finally filled in what happened between uh Revenge of the Sith and a new hope and people love it within that context solo I actually enjoyed solo um I can see some people not liking it but I liked it because it did flesh out a little bit more of his background of course explaining the castle run and things now there's sort of an unwritten rule that the things that I recommend and my picks of the week are usually independent And I say that this gets grandfathered in because this was a book that came out during, in 96, 97. And it was put out originally by Dark Horse, which is an independent company. Now, if you want to get it, you can get it on marvel.com. They, of course, have acquired everything. Well, Disney acquired everything, and they've handed over anything comic book related to Marvel. You can also get it on Amazon and numerous other places. Um, But I say it does count technically as an independent comic because it was made by an independent publisher. Uh, And if you remember, before Disney owned all things Star Wars, that's where you would go to get any sort of Star Wars comics was through Dark Horse. And the other thing is, like, these these are properties that, in a certain sense, have independent writers, and and we're telling newer stories with some familiar characters, but I feel it's kind of an independent comic, Um, as much as Sin City and some of the other things that I've recommended, or even uh, anything that Alan Moore has done. So that's why I feel that it's a good independent comic, and that's why I feel like you are going to enjoy it a lot. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this week's pick. Please remember you can go and check out my own personal webcomic at Fishysarcasm.com. You can become a Patreon of the comic. It's only $1 a month. It's the least expensive Patreon out there. I promise you that. Also, please go and check out ProntoComics.com. We have plenty of comics for download. And always remember...
3: You must feel the force around you here... Between you, me, the tree, the rock, everywhere. Yes, even between the land and the ship.
6: Be safe and be healthy. Take care.
0: Hi, this is Sue Lee from Face Off Season 2. You're listening to It Came From The Radio.
1: Now, back to our show. So that about does it for this week on It Came From The Radio. Join us right here and every week on this radio station. If you miss any part of the show...
0: lucky
1: stars for not losing an hour of your life go to www.itcamefromradio.com listen to the archives which will be up in a week or so check us out on facebook instagram twitter we have a youtube page also check us out on btdradio.com and we'll see you next week and remember if you're not laughing you're not living
0: you've been listening to it came from the radio with mark torres the views of the show's hosts and guests did not necessarily reflect that of the management owners or staff of the station. We now return you to your earthly scheduled
1: broadcast.